Michael and I drove home together. We were in two different vehicles, and Lucy and Dad drove home together. And she, I called her so worried, like, how is this going? You know, what does he say? <laughs> that she's like, I think it's going well. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome to the episode. This is Rod at A Better Way to Farm, where we improve yields and increase profits for growers all across America. So as we get started today, I am super excited. It's always fun to see new clients develop. We start that relationship as they get rolling with us and we get to see that develop and we get to see their operation expand as they're working with us and see the new things they add and exciting things that they do. And I'm super lucky today. I have a really good friend of ours we've known for a couple of years now, and I'd like to welcome to today's episode, good friend Lorna Schnicker. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Rod. Appreciate you being on the podcast today and taking a look at what you guys have done. Why don't you share with us a little bit, how did you get started with A Better Way to Farm? Back in college, I was invited to go to a agronomy meeting off campus at a pizza place. And when you're a college kid, pizza appeals to you quite a bit. So we headed over that direction. And at the time, I brought my sister with me, and she thought that we were going to a tour of the pizza place. So we kind of had a fun uh, start there. But ended up you and Andrew Moore, my good friend from many years at the Missouri Cattlemen's Tours, was there. And had a wonderful meeting and learned a lot about kind of what you guys do and the agronomy side of things. And ways that could help our farm. And so Michael says, my boyfriend who came with us, he said he got a bruise in that day, but at the end of it, we started working with you guys. And so <laughs> <laughs> we, we were really excited and it's been a, a joy ever since. Well, I appreciate that. So after we had a little pizza there that night and a funny story, you may not know this, but Kayla and I were coming home. Kayla, my daughter was a part of that. And we got out North of Columbia there about 25 miles. And they said, uh, hey, we didn't pay for the dinner. We owe Andrew some money. And so we called Andrew and said, hey, what do we owe you? What's the the bill on the pizza? And Andrew said, I didn't pay. I thought you did. And so we nearly all started off in jail was actually our glorious beginning. But I called back and they were very happy to hear from us. They let 30 people walk out that night and nobody paid. So uh, just a little sidebar. It's funny how you get started, but we gave them a card over the phone and they were super happy. And we gave them a very nice tip for our inconveniencing them. (laughs) So uh, you got started, you opened your account with A Better Way to Farm. And what was the next thing that you did? So we went went ahead and went to a a training just to learn a little bit more about A Better Way to Farm. We were most interested in being on the team side of things right off. And so we went to a training for that and kind of how to be an entrepreneur. And then from there, we got to attend a agronomy training with you guys. They called it a fundamental of agronomy training. And at that one, Rod and Andrew and Kayla highly encouraged us to bring our dad along. Well, this at this point, we kind of had a hiccup because dad was on the co-op board. And he and mom had been a very faithful customers of co-op for about 20 years at that point. And so we, know, we knew this was maybe one in a million chance he was going to get to come or would even be willing to come. And so we worked on him and worked on him. And six hours before we had to leave to go to that training, he said he would go. Wow. And so we registered him real quick, and we stuck him in the truck and wouldn't let him out till we got there. <laughs> <laughs> didn't stop and get gas. Didn't stop and get a drink. We just nope. <laughs> went to Davenport right on. Yep. Okay, go ahead. And uh, it turned out that uh, it went to this training, really opened our eyes, you know, for all of us. And Dad just kind of sat there, not, not, you know, 
real talkative, just taking it all in. And he got to meet some people there and some of the people who put on the training, the speakers. And it ended up that Michael and I drove home together. We were in two different vehicles. And Lucy and Dad drove home together. And she, I called her so worried, like, how is this going? You know, what does he say? <laughs> and she's like, I think it's going well. I, I think he's, you know, I think he's okay with it, you know. And, and after that, we decided we were going to try one thing. And so we tried a, a product, a nitrogen product on our wheat crop. And so it was pretty cool to see those results when it came time to combine the wheat. We were almost certain we had the fields mixed up or something, but it ended up it was a 15 bushel difference we saw on our wheat crop and by just trying that one thing. And we're like, well, if we tried one thing, what will happen if we try a system of things? And that was what was talked about at that fundamental of agronomy training. And so by talking with Andrew and with Rod and Kayla really helped us get on the right path for what's, what's the next thing we should implement. And some of that included going to another training. And I highly encourage that just a sidebar is you pick up something different every time you go. And so after that, that next one, we implemented more things. And each year from there, we've tried to implement a few more things. Now we've learned along the way too, as we talk to other farmers, we encourage them just to try it all at once because that's definitely the best thing for your buck and the the most efficient. But Absolutely. I want to jump back there. You talked about getting 15 bushel on your wheat. How many dollars did you have invested in getting that 15 bushel? We had $11.56. Wow. That's a pretty good ROI. We had a $78 ROI. Wow. That's the kind of things that a person's looking for in today's environment. So that's fantastic. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, you know, I do appreciate it. Your family, I love your family. I love the chance to spend time with your mom and your dad and your sister and your fiance. And, you know, it's, it's just really cool to, to see what they're doing. I, I really appreciate your dad. He's a tremendous businessman. And I know that you guys, uh, this year you are implementing the full system. Talk a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. I should mention one of the things that, you know, we're just stubbornness and then also, you know, our, our long-term relationship with the co-op, you know, meant that we didn't want to break away all at once. But you can do it. But it took us some steps, right? And that's okay, too, as long as you just get there. So this year, for the first year, we're going to have starter on the planter. We're going to be able to force feed those plants the exact nutrients they need and really spoon feed and break up the timing of the other nutrients it needs throughout the year. And we're excited to do that. So last year, we were foliar fed. And this year, we ordered a brand new 24-row planter from John Deere with starter on it. And we're excited about that. We took the drill that would take eight hours to set and we went ahead and upgraded it to a, a an older um, used 12 row 7200 planter that we're really excited about. It's simple, but it'll work. We can plant the beans with that. We do all of our beans on 30s. And so we're excited. That is fantastic. And, you know, and I get to see the results of this. And, you know, you guys live down south. I'm in southern Iowa and I'm staring out the window at my cornfield right now. And I live in an area, Lorna, where I am 10 days from a drought. And it can be raining the day I say it. And I think you live kind of in a similar area. Absolutely. I'll never forget last year, <laughs> Michael and I have a custom spraying business. And so we spray dads as well as some, a few other farmers. And we were in the sprayer. And we have a radio system where we live because there's not very much signal. And dad calls across the radio. And the first word he said is, what did you do to this field? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, no. And we're like, well, what do you mean? You know, which field is it? What's happening? We're asking all these questions. He said, well, it's greener. Uh, okay, which field are we talking about? And he said, it's Evelyn's 80, and, it, and it's greener than the other side of the road. What did you do to this field? And we're looking through our notes, and we had utilized a product on that that Rod and Andrew and Caleb recommended to us, and it was really cool because it actually improved that plant health and kept that plant less stressed for an additional 10 days when we didn't get rain. And it ended up, you know, we were able to seal that yield difference at the end of the year as well because we that plant didn't get stressed so much throughout the 
those seasons. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to say that you won't burn up because you can. If it stays hot and dry long enough, you're going to be mm-hmm. in trouble. However, consistently we see people getting an extra 10 days, an extra two weeks, mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark where they're still green and their neighbors have already died. I know, well, I'll switch gears here in a minute, but let's talk about that. What kind of time frame did you guys see gaining between you using the system and the neighbors who were not? How much longer did you stay green before you saw the real effects of the drought? We try to go out and look. We're making a circle. I mean, we're not as good as Jerry Cox. He looks at his fields every day. We're a little more spread out and also maybe not as, might be not as good as farmers. I don't know. But we, we look maybe every three or four days. So at, at 10 days, you know, that other farmer's crop was already curled up you know, during the middle of the day, and it was starting to fire a little bit at the bottom. and But ours was still hanging on good, and that really got our attention at that point. But at 14 days, we made our next circle. It was the same thing. His was even more fired at that point, and we were still green. We were still opening up. Those those leaves were open, and they were still doing that sugar factory business, and they were still taking in that sunlight and turning that into sugar and turning that into starch. That's fantastic, and that's the whole deal. You know, 300 bushel corn, we got to get 30,000 pounds of sugar out of that acre and so it's all about the sugar factory. Anything we can do to make that better is going to work. I want to switch gears for a little bit because uh, you said you went to a class and it was kind of on entrepreneurship. You really embraced that. You know, you guys, you farm, that's entrepreneurial. You have a spray business and a chemical business, and that's very entrepreneurial. You're also uh, working with the team and developing a business of helping other growers learn to do what you did. Talk a little bit about why you wanted to do that with us. Well, for a while, we've been looking for something we could do and still stay on the farm and have off-farm income. During college, we'd done the internship thing, and I ended up in a cubicle, and it was not for me. It was not the life for Larna. <laughs> and so I went home all excited, and I said, Mom, Dad, I really want to come back home to the farm. Can I do that when I graduate? And they're like, well, we really appreciate your enthusiasm. We can not afford to bring you back home to the farm. And, you know, a little devastated. This is your life dream is to farm, you know. Like, what are we going to do? And so we've been looking for something where we could still farm at the same time, but be able to make a little income. And so today, you know, after attending that training, working with you guys, we've been able to make a business just from talking to farmers on the phone while we're, while we're in the grain cart or while we're farming. And I'm um, step out of the grain bin for a moment and you, you know, you answer the call or send a text and it's been an, it's been an amazing journey. And we're so grateful we've been able to do that because when I graduated in May, I was able to come back home to the full, to the farm full time. And it's allowed us to start that other business as well, the custom spring business. And when Michael graduates this May, he'll be able to come back home full time as well. And I'd like to mention, right? I don't know if you know this or not, but we were able to do all of that debt free. Wow. That's really cool. That's, that's the coolest. You know, I, one of the blessings, Sheila and I started in this business 31 years ago. And at that time, we were the young people in the room. And then that was kind of cool. But then 10 years later, we were still the young people in the room. And now I'm not young anymore. I'm 41 years old. And, and I'm um, thinking, this isn't good. And we literally started praying for God to lead us to the right young people. And it took a while. You know, it, it, it took a while. But we have this tremendous team of under 30s, you know, Chris and Kayla and you and Andrew. And there's so many. I don't want to forget anybody. But I mean, there's just so many of you. And it's such a blessing to see your excitement and your enthusiasm for agriculture. And I love that so much. And so it's been cool. I want to talk about one of your customers named Travis. Travis, uh, he got started late with us last year, but he was able to do some things. Talk about how his crop looked compared to his neighbors and how his crop yielded compared to his neighbors. 
I think I should start that by saying he paid for a planter and a sprayer in the same year. Wow. So his increased profits bought him the new planter and bought him a sprayer in one year. Correct. So it was amazing as you would drive down the road. Um, last year, like many of you guys, we had those five or six weeks without any water. And Travis went a little longer than that without water. No rain at all to speak of, maybe a couple of sprinkles or a mist or something. We did have some heavy dews, and we're grateful for those. But um, the system we, we employed that utilizing all the management practices and the products, foliar feeding, he was able to hang on that entire time. And as you drove down his road, you could tell which farms were his and which farms were the neighbors because his were that deep, healthy landlord green. And the rest of the, the rest of the neighbors, you know, they were they were fine at the bottom, they were brown, they were just dead, they were done, and they weren't gonna come back out of it. Not that close to harvest. And so it was amazing to see his yield increase. His farm average increased by about forty-five bushel. Wow. And he had um, a couple fields where he did like exact side by side, so with the new system and then with the old system, so dry fertilizer versus the foliar feeding and that, that system, it was a 63 bushel difference. 63 bushels. That's at $6 corn. I think I figured out how he paid for a planter and a sprayer. <laughs> so uh, no wonder he's so excited when I talk to him. That's fantastic. You know, I, I think maybe what we should name this episode is Life with Lorna. And uh, I like that, you know, was, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, you know, I, I look at all of the things that you've been able to accomplish and you're, how old are you? 23, you know, and I'm just super excited for your future because I think you see a, a monstrous future within this business, working with the team. I know your chemical and your spraying business is growing. I know you guys' farm operation is flourishing. It's really cool. So talk to us. Let's 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 go back and pretend for a minute. You ended up you couldn't go home and farm, and you ended up at that cubicle somewhere in some other land for another company, a competitor who shall remain nameless. Uh, talk to me about what that would have looked like for you being stuck in a cubicle every day. It stresses me out just thinking about it. That'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when I talk about the being able to farm full time with my family, but I wouldn't be able to take my grandparents out for lunch either. That means a lot to me. I'm able to volunteer at a local homeschool co-op we just started and teach the ag class every Tuesday morning, and I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, um, my grandparents are 88 and 89. Wow. Pops has dementia and grandma has polio, and so we don't know how much longer we get to enjoy with them. When at, you know, noon or 3 o'clock in the day, I would have been in the cubicle and there till 5 or whatever. Now I can go hang out with them or reach that hard-to-reach plate on the top shelf or um, take them out for lunch and ice cream and to me, that's that those little things that I realize now are things I would have missed out on. And it's not even the things you were thinking about when you started. No. It's the things you figure out after you do it. Yes, yes. That's really cool. So uh, I also should add, I just had, uh, my sister just had a baby boy, and so now I have a nephew. Ah. Be an auntie. And so, you know, getting to, to help her with him and getting to be around and watch him grow up. That's quite, that's, that's amazing because we live in a very rural area. The type of income I was looking for in order to come back to farm um, would be an hour away. And the job offers I had were over an hour away. Well, I'm excited about that. You know, being the coolest aunt, that's always fun. You can, you know, you can, you can go do ice cream. You can do all the things that he wants to do. And then mama can just deal with it. I like that. So what a great opportunity. 
Lorna, we'll start to kind of wrap this up, but I want to, I'm going to do two things. Number one, someone's out there thinking about, man, I know I need to make a change. I, I know what I'm doing isn't working the way it should. What do I do? They're scared to reach out. What do you say to that person that's trying to decide if they ought to take a look at what we do? Well, I think it can't be any worse than being on the co-op board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and being a pillar in your community. And, you know, if you make that change, that everybody's going to take notice. And you know that you're really going to disrupt some stuff. And also, you know, it, it could be that it might impact the vitality of that co-op, too. Maybe your situation's not like that. Maybe it's worse. It could be. But, but it doesn't hurt to just visit with them. You know, just go ahead and come visit with us. We can at least talk through some ideas and see where you're at. And maybe there's something you haven't thought of that, that we have because we work with so many different people from so many different places. And we, we help farmers every day. And so we've got a solution for everything, really. I mean, and, or connections and people we can connect you with. That way we can work through whatever that hiccup might be. You know, I think that's one of the coolest things that this has let us do. We really do have connections everywhere. And while we don't have all the answers, I, we know a lot of people who do have a lot of answers. And it's an honor for me. I, I tell Sheila sometimes that I feel like all I really do is trade information. I just sit at my desk and I connect this person with that person and they know how to solve that problem. And we just keep working it and the network grows and we get more and more people to help. We get more and more people helped. And it's just amazing how it's, it's been a, a great deal. Now, let's take the other side of this. They've Okay, so they've decided they're going to reach out. They're going to, you know, maybe try this system on their farm and see what they can do to pull a Travis and completely alter their, their trajectory there. Let's go the other way. Let's talk about that person that's going, man, I love farming. I need a non-farm income. Let's pretend like you say, but I've never been in sales. I look at a Sam Shanks. And, you know, Sam had never been in sales. He thought he'd be scared to death to be in sales. You had never been in sales. And yet here you are. What do you say to that person that goes, I really need 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, non-farm income, whatever, pick a number, whatever number it is. So it's going to be completely based on how hard you work. What do you say to them about having that ability to step out in faith and take a look at an alternative? I would just ask them if they'd ever told a story before if they'd ever talked to another farmer before. And most likely, <laughs> most definitely the answer is yes to both of those. <laughs> that's really all we do. We just share our story with other farmers. And if you can do that, you can do this. It's no problem. I talked to a guy here last week. He was nervous. You know, he'd never sold anything. And he said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, do you remember in first grade when you played show and tell? And he went, yeah, like, what has this got to do with anything? I said, and you took your rock or your turtle or your puppy or whatever it was, and you were so excited to stand in front of that room and share whatever it was. He goes, yeah. Then he kind of warmed up. You know, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling going. And I said, I'm looking for that. The guy who was a tremendous smooth salesman, he's got the $600 shoes and the $2,000 suit. He's got a clothes for every occasion. He's high pressure. They don't make it here. They just don't. I'm looking for those farm kids or kids that want to be involved in the farm or the 40-somethings that want a non-farm income, but their heart is right, like yours. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I look at Kayla, Andrew, you, Chris, Sam, all these different people, Tyler that does a lot of these podcasts. It's all about the heart. And if your heart is right, and you'll just play show and tell. Would you agree with that, Lorna? Absolutely. And because this, what we have here, is too good not to share. I think that sums it up, folks. I'm going to leave it right there. Some things are just too good not to share. I appreciate that quote. 
Guys, we're going to wrap this up for today. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope that you have enjoyed this time with Lorna as much as I have. What a great young lady that we're getting the opportunity to work with. If you're interested in talking to us, you can reach out, phone call or text 641-919-1206 and feel free to reach out. And we really do hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.